0: Now what starts with the letter C? Cookie starts with C. Let's think of other things that starts with C. Uh, Ah, who cares about other things? C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Oh, C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Hey, you know what? A round cookie with one bite out of it looks like a C. A round donut with one bite out of it also looks like a C. But it is not as good as a cookie. Oh, the moon sometimes looks like a sea, but you can't eat that. So, C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. Yeah, C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, 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 start with C. Yeah, cookie, 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 start with C. Oh boy! Cookie, cookie, cookie starts with Zeke! Um.
1: Just finishing off my daily alarm from Phil's. I'm Schmitty and this is Talkin' Schmidt. Today on the show is David Reyes. David is a rad dude. He's fucking just put out a sick part on the Thrasher site finishing up with a tray flip nose blunt down clipper that took him seven times. Not seven attempts, kids. Seven trips to the spot. Seven different days. Listen to him and I talk about ice cream, foundation, king of the road, the thrasher cover, all kinds of stuff. I love Dave. Hope you guys do too. Gonna hear from our sponsors real quick, kick it into the uh, episode. But I do want to mention, all you skate shops in the US, we got a distributor at AWH. So if you're shopping for your goods at AWH, tickety-tack over and pick up some talking Schmidt. Tickety-tack. If you're in Japan, you already know. Hit up Underdog Distribution. And up in Canada we got platform distribution, wheeling and dealing, eh? Keegan Souter, Alex Chalmers, Rick McCrank, all you bros. Let's do some podcasting. Big love. Uh September's almost over, kids. This fucking year is flying. Love you. Hope you're all safe. And uh. Peace. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Oh yeah, here we go. Born of Missoula. Missoula, Montana. Girls on Shred, Montana Skate Park Association. We've got good things going on up here. Born in Missoula on the Hip Strip 618 South Higgins, come check us out. Thanks for talking, Schmidt.
0: Head on down to your local shop. Ask visit estate
2: boards. Or visit bloodwizard.com.
3: Tag. this is david reyes and you're watching or you're listening or are we watching talking schmidt
2: <laughs> it's cool
3: like tonight is the night
0: here we go again just give it the old cards car, yeah. All big dogs in <laughs> Ninety-six times, Smitty. Thanks, Smitty. We
3: on, Smitty? Talking, Schmidt.
0: That's called going to the uh, hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit in my pants. Laugh. Hey,
1: Rolodex
4: is fucking
0: deep. It's
1: right. about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy? Thinks he's tough shit.
0: What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Smitty. What the fuck? I'm uh, here for Greg Smith. Yeah! All
1: right. I'm I'm claiming I met my next guest on the 2007 King of the Road. It was the finale at Black Box, and Slash was jumping fucking garbage cans with nudes, and Jamie Thomas was doing tray flips on some old board. And over in the corner was my next guest, keeping it tight. We've been ice cream bros ever since, and... Uh, He rides for Thank You Skateboards. This is Mr. David Reyes.
3: Yeah, solid intro.
1: Look at that, huh?
3: (laughs) That was good.
1: Hey, how are you?
3: I'm good. Just hanging on the couch with this nugget.
1: You got a doggy? Oh, damn. Big baby. I have you propped up on a liquid death can. (laughs) Oh, shit. The following episode is sponsored by Liquid
3: Death. You look great. Well, that's because... You got the It's It shirt. Yeah. Look at that shirt.
1: Look at that shit.
3: I wish I had mine. It's a comfortable
1: shirt. I was thinking about when I put it on, I was like, Devin doing these crazy Ben and Jerry uh, daily pints. And then I was like, don't worry. It's it. I ain't cheating on you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's in breach of contract.
1: It was funny. Damn pencil said it. it was like, You go from pints of beer to pints of ice cream.
3: (laughs) So true. I had to cut myself off for like, I did 16 weeks off cookies. You just influenced somebody.
1: That's four months.
3: Yeah, I would do, so I would bake 24 cookies and then I would get a pint of ice cream and I would make mini ice cream sandwiches and I was like, I can eat like four of these and I'll be fine. But then after I ate four of them, I just looked over and I would see like the rest of the cookies and I would just start eating cookies. And then I would get, um, (laughs) I have like oat milk now since I'm a veteran, (laughs) I'm an old dog. And, uh, I would eat all 20 cookies. And then I would go back to the pint of ice cream and I would just eat it till (laughs) it was even. And then eventually it was gone. (laughs) And I did that way too often.
1: That's what I was telling my wife is like, no matter how much stuff you put in the, like if you make 30 cookies, I'll eat 30. If you make four, I'll eat four. Like, it's like, I can't just let them sit around. I just, yeah. I just keep eating them. But I got yeah. this idea that I don't know if it'll work, but I've been thinking about this because I've been really enjoying my ice cream. And I'm yeah. like, what if every day I ate a, an amount and then the next day I weighed myself? And then I figured out the amount that I can eat of ice cream (laughs) with everything else to kind of stay without gaining weight. It's like, okay, I'm sacrificing lunch so I can get that pint tonight or whatever I gotta do. You just figure it out and then you live comfortably. You're just like that's a good idea. I don't know.
3: (laughs) I just figure I'm so active that I can eat 24 cookies and a pint of ice cream.
1: Dude, I was talking to a shot about it and he because he sweats like a motherfucker and he's like, yeah, dude, he needs to eat so goddamn much. I was like, lucky. He's like, no, yeah. I skate a lot, bro. I was like, yeah, that's true.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I'm not skating, I'm riding my bike. And if I'm not riding my bike, I'm like walking a golf course. There's always like something mm-hmm. that's like I'm like sweating.
1: I found out a little something doing some research. You actually were not born in Colorado, right?
3: No, I was born in Yonkers, New York.
1: Okay. And when when did you move to Colorado?
3: When I was about five or six.
1: Okay. So, but you found skating in Colorado or did you already skate, have a board?
3: I found skating in Colorado and I, I feel like I was like born in Colorado That's where life started for me
1: was uh, that Denver,
3: Denver, Colorado.
1: And then how did you uh, end up with a skateboard for the first time?
3: It's a long story, but just like the transitioning from moving from New York to Colorado was the background. Pretty much of my life is like, uh, like a poor family, an abusive father. And it got so bad that it was either moved to California or to Denver And obviously California has always been expensive. So that Mm. was out of our budget, but my grandparents took us under their wing and decided that Colorado is probably the best place to raise some kids, a handful of them. Mm. I'm uh, the second oldest of four. Okay. And, uh, mom singly single handedly raised all four of us. We always lived in like lower income housing. So it was like apartments or townhomes. And, um, One of the townhomes that we had moved to, which was on Colfax and federal. It's like right at the meet meetup part. Mm -hmm. And, um, my neighbors, John Braun and Sam, like, what was his last name? I think it was, it might've been like Sam Smith or some shit. I forget his last name, but, um, they would always be out skating. And I I was always into like BMXing or like rollerblading or anything that I could kind of just put my life on the line and, Kind of just it was like an adrenaline junkie at a young age.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, so I always wanted to start skating, um, just didn't have like the funds to do it, to just get that a first initial complete. And um, my neighbor, D'Angelo, who I used to hear his mom whoop his ass all the time because he was just a bad, he was just a baby's kid, just a bad kid. Um, him and I started hanging out. And breaking into cars when I was like 10 years old. Oh, shit. Yeah, like stealing the car radios and then selling them to this dude Rob for (laughs) like 20 bucks and like smoking joints and shit. And um, eventually it caught up to us. And one night we were breaking into a car and the window shattered and it cut his arm up. And when it cut his arm, we just like scrambled. We, We got out of there as fast as we could. The next day, the sheriffs were knocking at our doors and we're actual neighbors. Like we share a wall Ugh. and um, he tried to throw the blame all on me. And that's when I figured like that lifestyle is just so ass backwards. Like they'll say, I got your back to the end, whatever, whatever, until they actually have to like get your back. Then they're going to backstab you or they're going to throw you under the bus to protect their ass. That was the day I realized I had to do something else. And I went and talked to John Braun and he made me mixtapes, VHS mixtapes, like eight hour long mixtapes of skate videos, like fucking all the toy machine videos, jump off, like fucking jump off a building, zero videos, skate and destroy, like just eight hour mixtapes. And then that was the moment I got, infatuated with it i loved like the individuality and the way that you don't need anyone to be satisfied you get to just kind of go and do your own thing and experience like things that you wouldn't experience in like a normal job you know right like we're like hanging out in ditches for hours and we're completely (laughs) content with that or we're just like eating like shit but It's literally just to get the job done so we can skate and enjoy the rest of the day. So I had the mixtapes. My mom got her SSI check and took me to Target, and I got an X Games board. But what's cool about the X Games board is that it was an actual board. It wasn't like a really bad, shitty, like dipped in water complete. Uh. It was... Like solid wood, it wasn't overly thick. The wheels were like a hard urethane. The holes were drilled the exact same on like a normal board, uh-huh. so I could keep using those trucks. And uh, I was about ten or eleven years old because I was breaking into cars when I was like ten. <laughs> yeah, and That's then uh, pretty
1: sick, to fucking little.
3: And that was like <laughs> just having the D- D'Angelo kind of just throw me under the bus and like, try to give me all the blame. I was like, it's not the life I want to live, you know, like, and that's crazy.
1: Did you guys ever talk after that?
3: No, actually, I think he, I think he might still be doing prison time for some other shit that he did.
2: Oh, so fuck. like
3: the route I could have taken was like, um, it was shown to me at a young age. And, like, that style of living is, like, my family, you know? Like, my oldest sister was involved in it. Like, my dad's side of the family was all involved in it. It was just, like, I could either follow those footsteps and go down that same rabbit hole, or I could, like, venture off and do something that our family's never done, you know?
1: Right. Fuck. Well, E-40 said everybody's got choices.
3: Yeah. Sometimes all it takes is uh, that one situation, you are like, Wake you up, you know, like you can struggle every day and do like bad things to get by or you can find something that you're truly passionate about and try to do good with it.
1: Who are the dudes that you were fucking magnetized towards? Like, who were you seeing in magazines and videos early on that you were like, that's my dude?
3: Um, The first hard copy video I actually had was a four in one volume 33.
2: Uh
1: huh.
3: And that was, like, with the box and everything. Um, and in that one, it was, like, Kerchart did that 50-50 in the opener. Oh. And I was, like, damn, that guy's pretty kick-ass. Yeah. And then there was, like, Jeff Lenosi had something. So, I mean, there was, like, those dudes, obviously. When it came down to, like, those are my guys, it was, like, Rodney versus Daywan, round one. Oh, mama. And then, like, Mark Johnson in the A-team section and – like those were my guys, you know, I was like, fuck. Yeah. I want to
1: like the feet. Right. You just like, look at like Mark Johnson's feet. Same as day one. It's just like, what the fuck? It's like, they don't adjust them. They're just perfect.
3: They're quick. Yeah. Yeah. Day one and day one and Rodney, like those videos definitely were the ones like my first grind trick I learned was crook because of Rodney, Mm. you know, Just that intro, it's all like orchestra, or it's all like piano epic, and he's just skating in an alley with one truck. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. How's he doing this? You got to want it,
1: basically, you know what I mean? Dude, so kind of like full circle to go around and then be on day one's team, huh?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how that is. There's a lot of things in my life that have happened where, like even like music, my mom would show me like this is skater music and i'm like mom this is lincoln park or mom <laughs> you know what i mean this is a uh, disturbed like some weird ass shit you know yeah but eventually like as i got older like i crossed paths with with those people that are either in the band or like are the singer you know uh-huh. like weird shit like that where it's just like it's in your life so much that like it's unconsciously manifested into like you're gonna cross paths with these guys since they had such a big influence on your life
1: Yeah, no, that's true. I see that. Like that happens to me. That happens to a lot of people. Same exact thing. Like, I mean, your influences are your influences. So that's, you're going to be the best version of what you're influenced by.
3: Yeah. You just influence somebody. It's so just embedded in your memories that like along the way, you just cross paths with it. And it's almost like a, you give a what's up and then just back on, back on whatever you were doing, you know?
1: Right. What was like the first time you got something for free? Like when you got like, maybe you were in a contest or I don't know what happened, but somebody like so, hooked you up with like wheels or. So uh, there
3: was, so Sam Schumann from 303 is like always supported. He always like chooses like a group of kids, you know, or like maybe there's that one kid that he sees can use like a helping hand or like parental guidance. Cause I didn't have like parental guidance really, you know, like mm-hmm. all the attention was kind of set towards my sister because she needed help. So like the grandparents, my mom were all focused on getting my sister the help she needed. It was like drug abuse, gang shit, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was on my own. I just kind of like, well, I'm learning from other people's mistakes and I don't want to do that. So I'm going to do this. And so I started skating and I started skating a lot and then you just start like meeting people. And, uh, I met Angel. So Angel introduced me to a bunch of my closest friends. Now
1: that's Angel Ramirez for you. Angel Ramirez. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Wild
3: Hita. <Heater. laughs> All right. So he introduced me to a bunch of our close friends. Um, he was the one that introduced me to like three or three videos, uh, which is the skate shop that I skate for in Denver. Uh huh. there's 25 year anniversaries coming up which is crazy because i've been over there for close to the 25 years (laughs) which is fucking crazy
1: that rules though
3: yeah but with that being said sam has supported me and angel that whole time and there was this group like back when i was like coming up it was like what crew are you in like and we were like oh we're chevy crew or you know or we're 1086, like but it was all about crews. But before we had our crew, there was the Tetrahedians, which were like the hip hop homies from the 303 shop. Like they tagged and they skated and they listened to hip hop and they they were just G's, you know?
1: Oh. They looked
3: good. They smelled good. They drove dope ass cars. Yeah. They skated 7.4 boards for like three hours. And then after that three hours was up, they'd hook me and Angel up. <laughs> So like that was the first time I got something for free that was like relatively new. And that was when I was just like, I want to skate for 303. Like I want to like be a part of this because it feels like this is Denver. This feels Mm. like at some point this will do so much for kids that are growing up or have grown up like I did. Mm. that I want to be a part of it. So I would catch multiple buses like three or four hour bus ride to go to the skate shop. And they would just put me to work, you know?
1: So you want three hour bus ride just to get to the shop from your house? So
3: I would get to 303 unannounced and I would just go and just like kind of cause havoc, just like asking for shit or like questions. And like, how do I do this? How do you, how do you grip a board? It? Like everything you could possibly think of. And then they were just like, all right, well, we're just going to make you work today. So you're going to grip all the boards. You're going to throw trash out. And at the end of the day, we'll give you a board, you know? So it was like, how bad do you want something? And are you willing to work hard for it? And I was Mm -hmm. just like, fuck yeah, I want that free board, you know? My mom can't. This. There's no way I'm going to get a new board unless I, like, work for it. So... I worked at the shop unannounced. And then I would, I would I would, be someone's problem at the end of the day because I would <laughs> stay until the bus route was done. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to get home.
1: I need a ride. <laughs>
3: and I was like, I'm your problem now.
1: Did you ever purposely put uh, someone's trucks on backwards?
3: Um, no. I probably, maybe unconsciously, but I've <laughs> always been such a perfectionist that uh-huh. like I've always paid very close attention to these things, you know. Okay. Like, if there's like three washers throughout the whole board, I'm gonna add a fourth one. Uh-huh. You know, because I feel like it's unbalanced yeah. or like you know stuff like that. So I, I feel like I was always pretty like straightforward.
1: Do you keep a tight ship then? Is your is your house's stuff clean? Like you are you pretty tidy? Yeah, with I'm you?
3: not like crazy OCD. but I I know where everything's at, you know? Okay. Like, like I make it to where it's like, if I'm going to make coffee, the coffee maker's here and I could grab the coffee, put it in the coffee maker. Water is there. Put the water in. It's like, very fluid you know this coffee smells like shit
2: yeah
1: that's how i like it too like a good workflow where you're not like having to run across town pull out like 16 drawers to get to the fucking q-tip it doesn't make any sense you're like yeah
3: i have everything set (laughs) in like a group so Uh it's like all of this goes together to where i could just kind of like do this hand dance you know and then it's all
1: there sick dude um what was the your first tattoo when did that come? What age?
3: I got a pentagram on my wrist.
1: That was the first one.
3: That's my first tattoo. I was 16. It was on June 6, 2006. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, fuck. By the way, th- I'm like raging at this time. You know, <laughs> like I'm like drinking whiskey. I'm getting fucked up. That was a good era. I was smoking blunts and shit when I was like fucking 10 years old. You know. Because okay. I was stealing radio car radios and I was involved in like a bad situation, so like drinking was like just whatever to me. It was like second nature, you know. And it was all- also out of like good fun because one of the homies had a house. It was called the 1086 house, which is smoke weed in hell. It's 420 <laughs> plus six six six. But we had the squad, you know. It was like Angel Ramirez, fucking Derek Milton, like. We had the squad, good squad too, and everyone was really talented skateboarders. And at the end of the night, we would go drink at the 1086 house and just like hang out, talk shit, and talk about what we're going to do tomorrow, like where we're going to skate. Um, so six of my friends on June 6, 2006, went to a buddy's tattoo shop uh, next to 303, and he was giving out free 666 tattoos. So... I got the pentagram and then everyone else got like 666 like on their heart or on their like here or.
1: So it was 6606.
3: It was 6606.
1: The date. And I was 16. (laughs) (laughs) You can't write this, kids. Damn, that's sick. Yeah. All right. And that
3: was also the first night I blacked out.
1: Ooh, after the tat or before the tat?
3: After the tat. I was already buzzing. And then I went and got the tattoo and then went back to the 1086 house and uh, was like super into the doors at the time.
2: Mm.
3: And like Jim Morrison always drank whiskey. So I was like, I'm looking at fucking 750 millimeter or a milliliter of whiskey and I'm just going to get fucked up.
2: Mm.
3: And then I blacked out and was on the bus home. And like that, I like kind of came out of it on the bus home uh. and then I had to get off the bus to throw up. and then i called a taxi and got into the taxi took that home and it was still sunny outside (laughs) (laughs) it was so fuck like no parental guidance at all you know there wasn't like you have to be home at this time it wasn't like you have to wake up for school tomorrow it was strictly just i'm doing whatever the fuck i want and (laughs) i'm gonna learn from my own mistakes you know
1: Well, it seems to me that like when you don't have like that nest that you're super comfortable in, per se, that that's kind of what pushes you to skate more and more. Like you just want to be out on the street skating like that's your that's your nest.
3: Yeah, that's the closest thing to family, you know.
1: Right. And you're hooking up with your friends like you're drinking, you're smoking, whatever you're doing, but you're skating or you're talking about skating. It's like the common thing is always skateboarding whether it's your you're partying and you're piling out but you're still with skaters talking about skating like you know what i mean and so like that kind of builds this whole life that we have where it's like okay fuck i've been in this for like you said 25 years with the same shop these are my tight homies like you know like we've been through battle we've been through good we've Maybe shared some ladies, like we don't, you know, like yeah, Eskimo no, bros.
3: Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've helped each other out, like mm. in dark times, you know? Yeah. Like seen the strongest motherfucker you've ever like seen cry, you know? Right. Seen tough motherfuckers just like at their lowest point. Yeah. And we were there for each other. Like <laughs> truly. No D'Angelo shit where it's like, oh, he broke into the car yeah (laughs) it was like no we're here for each other
1: do you think that's lucky or just like in your blood or like how it works out where like you kind of like saw some of this stuff i mean you were doing some dumb shit but like you kind of saw like uh this isn't the route i want to take like yeah was it a choose your own adventure book that you got lucky or was it a little bit of like somewhere that you were scared or in your past, somebody had told you something that really clicked to your brain that you were like, I can't do that. Like that's prison ain't for me or I don't know. Yeah.
3: See, I think, I think I just felt it, you know, Uh like one, obviously knowing my father's background and seeing how he treated us. And then also like my sister's older than me, not by much, but, she was going through it all. Okay. So I had known that I didn't have the most attention and maybe I felt pretty disconnected from where I was like my family. Like maybe I was like born to the wrong people or, you know, like I had like all these strange thoughts because it was like, I was trying to figure out who I was, where I was going to go in life because school wasn't it. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt like I'm more of like an artistic, like kind of hands-on like maybe even like architecture, like I felt like I had like a good, I have like a good way of visualizing certain things. And also I know I'm not a bad person and I know that what I do reflects who I am. So when I was doing all the bad stuff, I knew I was crossing the line, but only maybe to feel if this is the route I take, but subconsciously knowing that it's not, almost just to get that itch out. To know, like, yeah, you don't want to do that, you know? Right. Like, that's not who you are. Right. And I would, like, kind of, like, bounce back in the line and go from there.
1: So what age did you get your first sponsor?
3: Maybe, like, 13. I think it was 303, though. 13 years old, 303. And then I was getting, like, DC flow from, like, a rep. There was a moment I was getting, like, Vulcan flow. From um, a rep and then Bones, Wheels, and Bearings by Rob Washburn. He, like, came to town with, like, all those dudes. And that was kind of, like, my, like, this is your real box, you know? Like, I'm calling HQ to get a packy. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like, I'm going to hit the rep up, going to wait maybe four or five months, and I'm going to get, like, a set of wheels. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was like, no, I'm getting a box. There's like six sets of wheels and I would just hook my friends up. You know, mm-hmm. I'd get the box and I would just fucking deviate it out. Like I wouldn't even really have, I'd probably have like a set of wheels at the end of the box. I gave it all away, you know?
1: Damn. What well, did you have a demo or uh sponsor me tape?
3: I did. I actually ran into one of the dudes recently in Denver when I was with Leo and all the boys um, we had set up a three three demo trying to like, my goal is to rebuild the Colorado skate scene. And it's just like showing that they exist and wanting to like, for me, the people I was inspired by seemed like imaginary characters. So we went to Denver to skate and like show that we exist. You know,
2: uh-huh. I
3: want like a kid to feel like, there's a chance for him to make it out of a small town or maybe he grows up from like a shitty background or poor even. And just to know like people care and you can do it. So we set up the 303 demo. And one of the dudes that I had skated with when I was a child was at the demo. And he says that he has the footage from like some of my old sponsor me tapes, you know, like my first Smith grind and like, you know, stuff like that.
2: Uh, so
3: pretty fucking cool. But yeah, I made, I made some sponsory tapes. They were probably dog shit, but <laughs> you know, it, the funny thing is it's like you make these things and you're, you're just kind of learning how to like what tricks look good next to each other. And um, like visualizing it, how you would want it to be edited or like, how do you want this to feel and you watch it or like, you know, from an outsider's perspective, And I was not good at it, you know? I was just, like, trying to get my first crook in the streets or I was trying to get, like, a no-slide shove somewhere, you know? Like, I just, you're just skating at the time, and getting sponsored never was really, like, top priority. Mm. But there was a certain point where I realized, like, I'm I'm good enough, you know? I feel like I want to do this and do something good with it, you know? Even if it's just, like, to be a glimpse of hope for a child that is passionate about something, whether it's skating or not, but just like they can do it. You know, they can make it as long as they really focus and put their, their life on the line for it. You know, (laughs) definitely made some sacrifices to like get to where I'm at today. So.
1: Yeah. That's rad. What about like, also just keeping you on the road, right? Like, it's like, I'm trying to get to the East coast. If I get this sponsor, they'll get me there. Oh yeah. Like that kind of shit kind of goes into it too. It's like a lot of people think it's all about fun and games, but it's kind of like this whole thought process of like, no, I'm helping you. You're helping me kind of deal and then you grow into what it is. But in the beginning, you're just trying to skate new shit. You want to go places, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Traveling definitely makes filming easier, yeah. but it also broadens your like whole perspective on life, you know? Like, you can teach me about fucking China, but, like, throw me in the fire and I'll you're going to learn way more actually going to the place, you know, hands-on with the how the people live and hands-on with the laws and how strict it is. And on top of that, you get to skate amazing spots. You know, yeah. everything's marble and untouched. But, like, I made some wild decisions, like, some crazy decisions, like, <laughs> Like, I I look at, like, a 12-year-old or, like, even a, like, 15-year-old, and I'm just, like, that is a child, you know? And I was wasted when I was 15. Yeah. And I'm just, like, smoking joint after joint, fucking drinking whiskey, like, banging chicks. It's crazy.
1: So, Mm -hmm.
3: with that, I, like, jumped in homies' cars and drove to California, you know? Like, no, no, hey, mom, can I go? Just, like, yeah, I'm down. Just uh-huh. jumped in the car and just fucking send it off to ASR, San Diego, you know? Right. Like fifty bucks to my name. And <laughs> end up staying there for like six months. <laughs> that's just like crazy shit like that. But that's how I lent that's how I met like Lanny Rhodes and all those bros, you know, and Nuge.
2: Uh-huh.
3: With this, like those sacrifices. It was like a friend knew a friend on MySpace. They would send each other edits and I was hanging out with Angel and Abdias and oh. Sheckler because they were, they were doing like some bulk of shit and they were going to Mexico to film for a uh, chicha and they were like, what do we do with David? And then I got dropped off at Hellrose.
1: Rose. Oh, shit.
3: So, <laughs> that's where I met. That's where I met nude, Richie, J Roy, James Atkin, Baca slash like met them all. One quick sweep, you know,
1: Oh shit.
3: I lived in the lizard's lair for like a couple weeks, <laughs> couple weeks. I actually might have been there for about a month, you know.
1: Oh, but like shit.
3: with that doesn't just come like I got a place to stay. You know, you got to be respectful that these dudes let you in, you know. So I, I clean their houses. I wash their bongs. I wash mm. their fucking trucks and their cars, you know. They gave me a place to live, so like, out of respect, I'm gonna like hook them up too. I'm gonna clean their whips. I'm gonna fucking make sure that like their house is like cozy, you know, for them. I'm not like digging through shit or going into like un- uncharted territories, but like the things that are obvious that need to be cleaned, I'm like, I got. It. I'm just gonna just gonna clean it. So when they get back from whatever the fuck they were doing, they're just stoked, you know.
1: What's like one of the craziest day or nights at Hell Rose? What, describe like a, a or an average day there. Is it just everyone smoking bongs or?
3: Yeah, but like that was like I was already used to that shit, you know. Huh. So it wasn't Don't... like I wasn't like, oh my god, these guys are smoking fucking pot, you know. It was more just like, this is my shit.
1: Huh. Fucking. So it's comfortable.
3: Roll, fucking drunk. Wasted, just like barbecues, like, ban- like, I don't know. It's just, I like shit talk and I like the environment of like, no matter what I say to you, you know that it's out of respect and I got your back till the end, but you're being a real big bitch right now. You know, like <laughs> shit like that. I like I like that because I, I would get called out when I was younger, you know. Sure. I do some dumb shit you got to get called out for it because your else you're going to learn your lesson, you know? Mm. Um, but anyways, the main memory, one memory that resonates with me is, um, Paul Otboss. Uh, you remember Paul? Yeah. So Paul one morning, I'm sleeping on James Atkins couch. His, his apartment was the more domesticated one. And then once I left there, it got like more like hell rose, you know? Like, you go upstairs to new Richie's, like, there's bongs and, like, beer and shit. And, like, they're fucking listening to rock and roll and just fucking killing it.
2: Uh-huh.
3: So I'm in the domesticated unit. And Paul Outlaw's everyone knows that there's a child staying in the vicinity. <laughs> and um, so Paul comes. And I'm dead asleep. And he picks me up. And I, I, like, wake up. And I'm, like, halfway to the pool. And I just start laughing because I know what's next, you know? And he just chucks me in the pool, you know, in my clothes and all. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, this is sick. But those dudes have had my back since then, you know, since I was like 13. Damn. And that's where I met like Cole Matthews and stuff, like all those dudes. At Hellrose, you met Cole? Yeah, Cole saw me sack a rail and break my wrist. Or he was like filming it, you know?
1: Oh, shit.
3: Like, there's so many crazy things that like when I think about it that like from that moment I just for some reason knew to like remember these guys. These are your homies right here, you know. At was some it? point you're going to be so grateful that these guys are your friends. You know. The way they like were like a fatherly figure to me and like took me under their wing and just like just accepted me, you know. Yeah. And I just like, have like nothing but respect for the, all those dudes.
1: Was Nuge the one that got you on Foundation?
3: I think they all had a big part in doing that. What's funny, though, am going to backtrack a second, but yeah. the whole MySpace thing. So after I was at Hellrose for a while, I really wanted to street skate. You know, We uh, would just go to Brea Park and like occasionally we'd hit the streets, which was like the handrail next to Brea Park. So we didn't go too far. So I had a friend... Bucky O'Connell hit up another friend that he knew from MySpace who happened to be Lanny Rhodes. Wow. So Lanny Rhodes drove up from Oceanside and picked me up and my friend Trevor up from Hell Rose in Fullerton and then just like took us skating. And then that's when I started to like, I feel, get better footage. And I feel like I kind of like got to that point where I was like, I can do the tricks that I've been afraid to do in the streets. I can do them now because it's like a whole new perspective. And that goes with traveling mm. You travel to new things. Certain tricks just seem to work
1: with. Well, it's your only focus, too. You don't got any comfort. You're on the road in a strange place and you're only there to skate.
3: Yeah. So, like
1: <clears throat> some people go to the bar and some people go to the flat bar. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, hit the pay
3: phone. What up? So they lived in Oceanside and Tom Yeddo is in San Diego. Yeah. So him like picking me up, bringing me that much closer to Tomietto. And Landy's always been connected. He's always like known like this is Rhino. He shoots for Thrasher. This is so-and-so. He films for this company. Like, oh, let's go here. Like I got, I know someone that we could like skate this, this TF. And like, he's always had plugs and he's always editing and he's always had like great taste in music. And he's always like, He's always doing something, but same vibe as hell rose, you know, like we're going to like beach parties. We're going to like homies houses and just getting fucked up. But knowing that the next day we're going to fucking shred, we're going to, we're going deep, you know, we're going to drive two hours. We're going to skate all night. And then that's it. You know, living the life of a skateboarder, no school. Like we're just fuck all. This is what we're doing. Right. Yeah. So, that that pretty much helped me, like, get foundation flow, like, officially. Obviously, Angel was a big part of that. Um, and, like, Beagle and then Leo, <clears throat> like, Matt Allen, like, they're all, like, a big help when it came to that, for sure.
2: Because
3: mm. then now I could go down there. <clears throat> I'm in Oceanside. Yeah. I could make a trip to skate San Diego, and I could swing by HQ and be like, I exist, you know, <laughs> I'm not just some child from Colorado. Like I'm actually here. I'm trying to make a, trying to make the move. I'm sacrificing my childhood life. I'm sacrificing my life to make this a dream
1: come true. So you were there before Sinclair, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. I love it. Well-
3: I was there when, Josh Beagle was TM. Oh, okay. Josh Beagle was the one that like started flowing me officially.
1: Uh was Duffel um well he was pro or no?
3: Yeah, Duffel was pro.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Strubing um, or was Strubing gone?
3: Um Strubing Strubing was there. Strubing was there, Shimizu. It was like the last bits of art bars, you know?
1: Okay. Yeah. Struving got a uh, video part of the year for that part, I think, uh, Transworld.
3: That's a beautiful part. That yeah. video is so fucking good. Yeah. Just like put together so well, like. You get the chills watching videos that like you'll watch something that makes you motivated and want to like go skate and you get the chills, you get that <laughs> zap and you're just like, well, I didn't want to do shit today and now I have to go do stuff, you know? That's like what that video did for me. Still does.
1: Right. Was the So what year did do you think it was that you were on that you got on Foundation? Like 2005 or 6 or something?
3: Yeah, probably about that.
1: And then um, 2007 was King of the Road.
3: 2007 was King of the Road.
1: And was that the biggest rail you ever skated? Yeah. So that was like pretty gnarly at the time.
3: Yeah. It was twenty nine stairs, <laughs> I think it might have been the biggest rail recorded at that time. You know, uh, I don't think anyone grinded more than like I don't know maybe like a twenty two if that
2: uh-huh,
3: and uh, I fifty the twenty nine <laughs> It was a cheater, but it worked. It was like a shotgun rail, so you just gotta get on and just go uh-huh, but the whole like getting on foundation thing was kind of like crazy. It was like, I was getting flow. Beagle had left. Mm. They started kind of shifting things around. And then, you know, the old dogs like bowed out and then went did their own thing, started companies, whatever. And then the new TM was there, really had interest in this other guy. And I thought he was getting on for sure, you know. But everyone had like, known me like that we've all i've stayed at hell rose before any of these guys were on like foundation like they were doing like hell rose or they were doing like you know whatever other other companies that they were on at that time and now they're on foundation right they have my back and it was like a whoever can film a video part gets on foundation you know it wasn't like you deserve it the whole team has your back like boom you're you're good to go one, I've never felt like I've deserved anything. I've always felt like there's room for like fixing shit or like just bettering a situation. I never felt I don't ever feel like you deserve this because I feel like you're putting a cap on yourself, you know?
1: Mm.
3: It's like you can always do better and
1: I or never worse like, we're our worst critic.
3: Yeah. So I never felt like I deserved much. And At some point, I eventually fully got on. And I was just like, whoa, that's awesome. With a sponsor or without a sponsor, I'm going to do this. I'm going to skate. I'm going to risk it. Like, it's the only thing that makes me feel alive. (laughs) Like, putting myself on the line and like out overcoming it and just being like, fuck yeah, I did that. Back to the off to the next, you know? Like, so. Yeah, it had to have been about 2000, probably like 2004, I feel 2004.
1: like. Something. Okay. I
3: don't know. They all seriously blend in all the years and dates because sure. like all I'm thinking about is t- tomorrow's going to be sunny, I'm going skating, you know? But yeah, um, King of the Road was like.
1: But you were amateur you still two thousand for King of the Road, right? Yeah. And so, like, just being selected as part of the team to go is probably a a fucking huge deal for you. Like, Nuge, who who was the team? Like, I'm trying it to was, think. Was Sierra maybe?
3: So it was Eric Wall, who was the TM. Okay. Um, Sierra, Nuge, Angel, Abdeus, and yeah, myself.
1: Abdias, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah.
3: And, Burn Dog was our photog.
1: Oh, shit. Okay.
3: We had the fucking
1: big dog, the curse of the burn dog. He, he was like the guy that never won. I year. know.
3: I remember them saying that. <laughs> I was like, he's sick. Fuck. We got second place, uh-huh. which is pretty dope. I got Felper's Choice on the 50 50, and I got the worst like slam.
1: The gnarliest slam, right?
3: So, what's, so what's crazy about this 50 50 little backstory? is we're at cream city. Um, Phelps comes up to me and he says, you're that new Rojas guy, huh? And I was like, huh? And he punched me in the chest
1: when you hit (laughs) party
3: time. So I was just like, holy shit, that was crazy. (laughs) And then I go into the park. We do all our like meeting. We get our mystery skaters. Like it's fucking insane. You know, like,
1: cause I I was there. Milwaukee with Jake.
3: Yes. Okay. Punch me in the chest. So it's like, (laughs) no matter how far I've gone from the beginning, I always remain in the beginning, you know? Like, I'm always thinking of, like, how I grew up, like, who helped me, like, how, like, I can help my beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, a kid that's grown up how I did, how can I help him the way I've been helped to get to where I'm at? Sure. So even in that moment, I'm at cream city. I'm on like one of the most epic skate trips ever hosted by Thrasher magazine. It's like such a big deal, you know? And I'm just like still in Colorado in my head, you know? And I'm just like, this is so amazing. Like I, I wish like my mom could be here, you know, I wish like my mom could be here. I wish like, My closest friends could be experiencing this with me. I wish the whole 1086 squad was here, you know, like I've always been like there. I've been present, but I've always been like appreciative of every opportunity. So there's a trick in the book that you had to Bennett grind like a seven or eight, or I think it was like eight plus rail. And I was just like, we're on King of the Road. Like, this is like what it's all about doing shit that you have no idea how to do learning it. And then along the way you find the spot for it. Uh, So I tried to Bennett grind some ledges at the skate park. And I think I did one and I was like, cool. Well, as long as I have that down, I can probably make it work. I think it was like a hundred point trick because at the time only Matt Bennett was doing Bennett grinds.
2: mm -hmm.
3: And um, we do the whole thing at cream city then we go to the streets and I tried to bend it around this rail and I got kind of close and then burn dogs like this might be the best rail we can do this on. And I was like, all right, we're going to do it. So I think a few tries later, I my truck got hung up on one of the runs that goes down and I just got pitched to my face and just like hit this side of my face, this side of my face, bruised, my ears were bruised. Like I got fucked up. I had like a delayed concussion, like a couple weeks later. Like I was fucking totaled that night. I tried to 50, 50, like a 19. (laughs) And then like, I could see the swelling on my eye, like just like dangling. And I was like, fuck, I got to like go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and got fucking checked out and it ended up being like completely fine. They like stitched it or whatever they had to do. And, um, pretty much after that just went back met up with the squad and went skating and then the next day i tried to bennett grind another rail for like maybe like three hours which actually ended up being an even better rail but like didn't get the bennett grind and then the next day i 50 to 29 and at that point i had like a black eye (laughs) fucking i was mangled you know and it was from like Wood popped. woodland
1: did you have the haircut already, too?
3: No, I didn't have the
1: haircut yet. <laughs> that was so Yeah. The
3: Hasidic Jewish haircut.
1: Oh, wait. Okay. You got to tell the story because I go to the airport and I pick up your mystery guest. And your mystery guest has the most insane luggage I've ever fucking seen in my yeah, life. Daniel Haney. Dude. The guy brought a parachute. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) See, I never saw the parachute, but he was fucking ready for anything, you know?
1: (laughs) Holy shit. I remember me and Jake are like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I made a a deal with whoever, maybe it was Burnett or whoever called him. He's like, I said I need to bring my parachute. And they're like, bring whatever you want. He's like, I'm (laughs) going parachute, not king of the road.
3: So fucked. All right, so he seriously, like, that's OG foundation, you know? Like, he's, yeah. like, king of grinds, king of board slides. Like, the dude did some groundbreaking shit. And with that, he obviously is going to have to, like, change his lifestyle, like, as he gets older mm. to still get that thrill, but somewhere else.
2: Yeah.
3: And I think parachuting uh, naked was, like, his thing. <laughs>
1: oh,
3: I think goodness. him like skydiving ass out was like his shit.
1: Wow.
2: Okay.
3: You know, like he was like thrill seeker still. I mean, that stuff resonates like we're pretty much fucked. You know, once we get older, it's like, how do we get a thrill that we got like jumping on a big ass rail or like doing a big air or like you yeah. know, suffering for hours and then accomplishing something and being like, okay, cool. I got my fix, you know? His was apparently skydiving naked, which is pretty fucking
1: sick, dude. Um, I, I just couldn't even imagine like the 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 boys like you got the van and all of a sudden you see like the luggage was just humongous like I don't know where it goes, and then you're just like, dude, what are you doing with that fucking bag? Like, and it doesn't bag. have Scooby snacks in there or nothing. It's just a parachute. Oh my god! Did he act? Did he go parachuting on the trip?
3: No, not that I, not what I remember. Okay. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time I think he skated. Mm. I think he just like got the invite. He's probably like dicking around here and there, Mm. but like we're on King of the Road. It was like, I tried to Bennett grind a rail and I smacked my head within like hours. I'm trying to 50, 50, a 19. Yeah. And then like, you know, the next day I'm right back to Bennett grinding another rail to grinding a 29 you know there was even a 23 uh rail in between that bennett grind and the 29 rail that like angel tried to back 50 it like nudes tried to 50 it like it's like this isn't just your ordinary trip back then especially like this was like this is for bragging rights you know we get the cover of like this is like real deal shit and it's gonna get fucking gnarly yeah. And um so I don't know if I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into, but I do remember him really trying, you know. Like he <laughs> tried to board slide that 29 in Daisy Dukes. Wow. No shirt. <laughs> like you can see like the, the bottoms of his butt cheeks, you know, like this motherfucker was trying to board slide a 29. And I oh, think like man. the last rail that he probably skated was probably like in the 90s, you know.
1: Okay. so that was was a good one man i remember that's just a
3: glimpse of what like king of the road does to like your mentality
1: yeah what's it like for you like after it's over are you on like a depression i mean uh like how do you decompress from that high level energy and and low sleep and stuff are you just like i'm taking a week off or are you chilling or
3: i've gone on two king of the roads Uh uh-huh and that first one I had the weekend which we did um at crossroads. We like all met there and did our bit.
2: Yeah. And
3: then I had the weekend and then I did a Scandinavian tour. Oh fuck. So I went straight from King of the Road to Norway, Finland, Sweden and Russia. So while I was in Russia is when like the whole head shit started to happen. So Oh right. And then after Russia, I flew home a couple days earlier. And that's when I got like multiple cat scans and like started having like weird deja vu and like tripping out. And then I just pretty much lived in my room for like two months until like my brain like had healed.
1: Was that was from King of the Road then? That's from King
3: of the Road. Yeah.
1: So you went to the doctor on King of the Road. They said you were chill and then you went to Scandinavia and you weren't chill.
3: No, like I was Norway, Finland and in Sweden, I started to feel a little crazed just like, not entire tunnel vision, but like little fuzzy on the edges.
1: Were you having uh, what's it called vertigo or any of that?
3: Yeah, like I got like
1: like your balance got is a off. Little
3: weird, you know. Yeah, and then in Russia was when it was like I got out of bed and like first step on the ground, I would feel the floor vibrate. You know. Oh. And then it got to the point where it was like going back to this dream that I had that was like a reoccurring dream when I was younger, it was like, it would start here. I'd wake up there. And then when I'd go back to sleep, it would start from where it left off. You know, it did that for like a week. And I, I kept thinking back on the, that dream. And I was just like, this is like fully repeating all of that stuff. Cause like, even in the dream, I had that feeling of like, I've never been here, but I feel like I've been here, which is like, Weird, but it was fully that feeling, like walking down a hallway in a hotel in Moscow, knowing I've never been there, but feeling that I can predict what's going to happen and feeling like I've already lived this section of my life.
1: Whoa. It was like
3: really fucked up, you know? Kind of
1: dreamy deja vu. Fully. Wow. For like
3: For like months. Dude. But then eventually, yeah, it was fine. I just had to like wait it out and the way i waited it out was i overly painted my room i painted white then like the no maybe like a few days goes by i painted green next couple <laughs> days goes by i'll paint it blue
1: the whole room like,
3: just like my whole room that's what i did i listened to music i read and i painted and that oh. was like it. and i played guitar when i when i felt like it you know
1: was anyone taking care of you
3: um Not really. You know, like mom's always there for me. Like,
1: but where are you getting food and shit?
3: Um, I would just go like make food or like, you know, it's pretty much it. There was no like Uber eats or anything. I was just kind of like mom took care of me as much as she could. And then I just fucking kind of just needed to do it all on my own. You know, I've never been babied, you know, like if, if, my sister, and it sucks to say, but if my sister wasn't in the situation that she was in when I was growing up, the family's always been very attentive, you know? We don't have much, but, like, they, we know we have each other. Yeah. And it's funny saying that because it's, like, some, like, cliche-ass fucking photo that you'll see in, like, grandparents' house. Like, a live-love-laugh type of bullshit. But it's yeah. true. We don't have much, but we have each other. And it's 110% true.
1: Mm. That's, um, that's the same with my family as well like it's like even like political shit like you may be into this you may be into that but like we're still family like I got yeah. you back. like the love will never it don't I mean whatever but I always love you you'll always love me like that yeah
3: but they can be complete shitheads <laughs> and you don't even necessarily have to like them yeah but you know that they're your family and no matter what you have their back right and that's the beauty of unconditional love
1: you know when were you born what month october are you a scorpio a
3: libra
1: okay because i'm a scorpio start going
3: into this we're all yo well no
1: but scorpios are hella loyal and shit i don't know about libra's but i know that like it's part of my dna is like when i read up on some of that stuff that like dude, if you're my friend, you're my friend for life. And like, yeah. I got your back through thick and thin, same with family and all that stuff. Sounds like similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. Sometimes loyal to a fault is what they say.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, I'd rather help someone out more than I should help myself. Like I don't help myself out as much as I help other people out.
2: And Aren't it took exactly- a while
3: for me to get to that point of like, identifying it Mm. and being able to be like, okay, I need to take care of myself maybe just a little more than I take care of like everyone else, you
1: know? Right. It's a, it's a thing like, especially in this uh, COVID era, I've been learning about self-help a little bit more. Like it's okay that you're not selfish for taking care of yourself. Like, you know, no. like, there's some times where you're like, oh, that's being selfish. And you're like, no, you need to eat like you need to put a blanket on to stay warm, like whatever it is, like yeah. take care of yourself and all that. Like shit. you take a shower, brush your teeth, like, <laughs> yeah. get a
3: haircut, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: I just did two back to back days of massages, you know? Exactly. A, a massage last night, a gnarly foot massage, and then I got a gnarly ass back massage the day before.
1: Oh, what's your tech? Do you go shiatsu? What? What's your tie What? What massage do you go with?
3: I always just go with deep tissue, and I have deep them walk tissue. on me.
1: Are are the, are you yelling? Like, is it painful? Like painful, while they're yeah, yeah. and the, but then I when like, it's done, you feel killer, right?
3: Yeah, and I I mean I've always been the one that's just like I'd rather hold the pain in and harness that feeling when I need it, Uh as as strange as that is. But it's like, if something hurt, I know how that feels. And, like, say I'm, like, afraid to do something skating. I know that I can take a lot of pain because I didn't express it when I should have, you know? Mm. Just so weird. But it's like, I always felt like I was – much tougher if I didn't express the pain and I just held it in.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's normal too. I mean, that's like a baseball player. Uh, when it gets hit by the pitcher, it, yeah. it it's taught to not, to not even like rub it off to just walk away. Like you didn't hurt me. Like as much yeah. pain as you're in, you just don't show it. Um, I, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, so that,
3: that's kind of like, what i do and like if it doesn't hurt i don't think it's working you know (laughs) like i need to feel like it feels like my bone is being like twisted out you know like i Mm -hmm. need to feel like i need to feel it in order to know like it's working Mm -hmm. i can't have some like soft tissue massage and just be like cool that was great you know there's a time and place for that massage but like tissue like i need an elbow into my spine you know, I need like my I, I need fingers
1: out. going underneath my uh, those blades. blades. Just yeah, yeah, like you need to oh. like feel your
3: hand from my shoulder blade
1: grip my heart. You know. <laughs> well, shit. Um, let's talk about what I think has to be one of, if not the highlight of your skateboarding, which would be the Thrasher cover. Yeah, kick kick flip wall ride. Yeah, kick flip wall ride. Yeah. First cover or did you have a cover on another magazine before?
3: Oh, first cover. First. I, it's actually my only cover.
1: Only cover.
3: My only cover, yeah. And, I mean, it was a battle. You know, I, like, I didn't do it as good as I should have. It was, like, definitely, like, a baker make. But there was, like, I tried for so many different times so i get a good one and it just never happened.
1: Uh-huh. But. What's the feeling like when it. you're you holding it or you see it like did you did someone tell you or did you see it on the newsstand did it come in the mail like how'd you see it for the first time
2: so
3: I was on duffel was filming for the trans world video and we had just done Australia and a New Zealand trip and it was like rhino duffel nuge Gareth Ster, Chris Ray, and uh, we were in Auckland, and it was the last day of our trip. We get on our flight, we get back, we're waiting at customs, and then I think um, I think Rhino was the one that found out, and he just like, "You got you're on the cover, the new one," and I was like, "What did I do? Like I don't deserve to be on no cover," and it was like, I had a, a heads in there with Mike Mo. So me and Mike Mo had like, and he had an interview. I had an interview, and then I got the cover. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and I was like, "Holy fuck!" And yeah. I think Phelps. I think Phelps picked that.
1: People send me soap.
3: Crazy, still, yeah. Only cover I've ever had. I'm trying to get another one. Yeah. Chasing well, the dragon.
1: Ooh, dude, what's up with the uh, the part you just put down?
3: So. This part is for sure the first part that I've ever had like full control on full hands. Like I had a vision of how I wanted the part to look. I had an emotion that I wanted the part to portray and I wanted to include everything that I love. Like my mom, the beginning, which is where I grew up in Denver. Like there's a lot of other 16 millimeter footage that we didn't use. Like, but, the whole idea was to make the part feel like you're living a day and you start like slow you live out your day. And then the sunset, I looked up like uh, metronomes for like, um, sad songs, like, um, heart rate for sadness. Like I looked up a lot. I've like really went into it to just figure out like how to highlight this emotion and how to like portray it through this video part. And at the end of the day, all I wanted it to do was to make the viewer feel how I felt when I watched Ardo's part in Sorry, or when I saw Daywan's part in like uh, Rodney versus Daywan, or like any of the old videos that I still watch today because they gave me that zap and they still continue to give me that zap. Mm. I wanted to show heart in a part. So that when you watch it, you get that zap and you're able to want to go out and skate, you know. And with that came a lot of life changes, you know. Like I stopped drinking like almost two years ago to like really focus in on that. Um, But the main reason I stopped drinking was my mom was diagnosed with leukemia. So I had like festered an emotion to like hold it in. And I was drinking, you know. But there's a two day bender that I had where it was like I bought Coke from some chick that I've never, that I didn't even know in Nashville. And then I guess it was like some Russian guy that like I was buying it from, but I don't remember buying it from him. Then I like tried to fight him and there's like a whole bunch of Russian dudes. And then when I came to out of the blackout, I like just did all the drugs in the until the next day. And then all the emotion just like seeped out. And then that's when I realized I had crossed the line of like, you no longer drink for fun. You now drink for sadness to cover up an emotion, to mask an emotion like this is why you drink now. Mm. And I knew that if I wanted to do my best, I would have to stop drinking. Mm. So it turned into I'm going to continue drinking today because I'm already a mess. I haven't slept. I'm still wasted, but I need to just let it rip. So I continued drinking. I flew home and Monday, November 17th, I think it was, or 18th, was just like the new beginnings. How do I fill all these gaps now? Like the casual day drinking, the honest drinking, the like, I'm going to do just hang out and we're going to have some beers. Like we're going to party at this time. Like now I have all these empty slots that I need to fill. Mm-hmm. And then with that comes like, what are the things that you used to do as a child that you enjoyed? And you just stopped doing them. Ugh. And like, for me, it was like art, like, you know, music, um, riding a bike, like, you know, expressing yourself in other ways in like an art form. Right. And, um, so I just started doing all that stuff again. Right. And then it got to the point where it was like, I have no time for nothing. Literally it's all skating art, riding my bike, like literally whatever I can do to fill these gaps.
2: Mm.
3: And then the vision I had prior to sobriety to get, to make this part like became more clear. And I was just like, all right, this is how I want to do it. You know, I, I quit drinking because it had to be done. My mom is sick. If anything happens, I need to be the bigger man and like be responsible and have things kind of lined up so that my youngest sister, if she needs to live with me or like, if, you know, things need to be handled, I'm coherent and I'm responsible and I can make these things happen. Right. Alongside with. I have this profession that I absolutely love and it's changed my life. I need to take full control of this and do the best I can with the time I have. And then that's when like the part really started to take off. And like that emotion that I had throughout all of the darkest times. And I just like put that into skating.
2: Like
1: how far into it, do you think, do you have some type of time frame that uh, it kind of clicked where it was really difficult, but you were on the right path to, I got this?
3: It wasn't hard for me to stop drinking. It was mainly just staying busy.
1: Like you so, could go be social at night with people and still not drink? Well, or see, would you I just felt, stop I, being social? I
3: put all that out. Okay. I put all that out. Yeah, I like, I, people I used to hang out with that I would party with kind of just like disappeared. Like, it was almost like the unnecessary baggage kind of just like fell off, you know? Right. I wasn't getting phone calls to like go to the bar. It wasn't like, you know, and then I realized like I was definitely like making those phone calls, you know? And I was definitely like the leader of that pact of like, you know, lining things up to go get fucked up because obviously misery loves company. Yeah. And um, I think after the first, maybe like three months is when I was just like, I had a clear idea of how I wanted this video part to be. I had already had footage, but it was like semi, it was probably like three years old, you know, or Uh no from the time that I was actually taking the part more serious. My footage was probably like a year and a half old. And then I filmed for like another two years, and then like in that two years was like a majority of my last part, you know. So it was like I filmed the best stuff, I chose the the right things to do, and I had an idea of like what are the things that I loved about skating or still love about skating, and it was always the sound, like the sound of your trucks grinding the yeah, the ground, the wheels ride on.
2: So it was like tail brick. smack.
3: Yeah. So it was like brick like a graded ledge, like a rail that had knobs on it. Like there's like things that made me like, it was just free music just doing like skating, you know?
1: Sick, dude.
3: Yeah. But I think really think dove was, in. I did. That's where like my addiction went into. I became extremely obsessive with certain tricks and um, would just like countless hours, like I want to learn this trick. And I'd go and i try to learn it as good as I can possibly get it. And then I would go try to do it on something. And if it didn't work, I went back and got obsessive. Eventually, like, couldn't do it without really thinking, you
1: know. So that leads us to Clipper.
3: That leads to Clipper, yeah.
1: How many times did you go there?
3: I went to Clipper seven times.
1: Damn.
3: And along that seven times, we got robbed once. There was three flights and three rental cars. I bought wood twice. I bought a hammer and nails and a two by four, six <laughs> bags of kitty litter.
1: Shit. What was the kitty litter for? It was all wet. <laughs> it would rain or the
2: something?
3: The day I did it, it was raining. Oh, shit. And um, Got coffee and ate and then had to dry it off with like shirts and crap and then kitty littered everything, waxed the Pushed
1: it all aside. Uh, you got robbed at Cl- not at Clipper though, right? You got robbed like by Embarcadero?
3: Uh yeah, the orange the orange curve bench.
1: Oh yeah, by uh huh.
3: By like Pier Nineteen or something.
1: Yeah, by the mute uh, science place. Yeah. Uh, what happened? They came after you for your camera.
3: Yeah. So I'll I'll just start from trip number one and I'll shimmy my way down. Okay. It's not too. It won't be too long because. 120 okay um so trip one i had just done a bicycle ride to raise money for bridge to skate which is like an after school program in compton okay and like helps with skating and homework it's like a boys and girls club i rode my bicycle from arizona to long beach it was a seven day trip after that trip i wanted to film my ass off you know i had time to just think and drive ride my bike and i was just like anxious to skate so i jumped in the zero van with dane and kurt and like adam arunsky and like the squad you know uh-huh. and we just headed north and um once we got up to san francisco we skated around we visited duffel and like whatever um we got to clipper and obviously i still have bike legs so like nothing's really been going wide it's just been like pedaling down you know
2: yeah
3: i um i was like well i can tray flip nose but a handrail so i'll just try to utilize i'll try to do it like that so i tried it for about three hours i think i got in like one and then decided to go the next day tried it again for like a couple more hours didn't happen got into like maybe one so then the next time i went It was kind of the same deal, except I had done a few at um, El Sereno Park in like a micro hubba and just like had an idea of what it would feel like to get in and slide on a hubba. Uh And I was like, cool, that should be enough. So I went back. This was another um, driving trip. Went back up there, tried it again. I think I tried it for five hours and I got into like maybe two, you know, like feet on there's potential didn't do it went back home and then the fourth time was when I started going with Dan because then at this point like we had we were hanging out at the house having a fire and he had mentioned being down to like edit my part and like us being like working together on it Uh. So, like in these in between times we're getting other footage but now I have this clipper idea to like really make it happen so Um, and with that, Tori's behind us now. So now there's like motivation to get like that one clip. That'll be the introducing clip. You're enter to your part, like go viral, fucking whatever, you know, the whole bit, like plan it out. You think about it and you're just like, do you really want to do this? Would you do this without any of this support behind you? It's like 110%. I would do this with no one, you know? I'm going to do it. So I have a support team now. We fly out there. We rent a car. I try it for about five hours. No dice. I probably got into, I don't know, four or five, like, potential. Then we go back, fly out, drive, the same bit. Nothing happens. I try it for, like, five hours. You know, nothing. Get back on a flight. Fly back home. Yeah. That's about the time I started to get pretty obsessive. It's like, I'm going to do as many of these as I possibly can on every skate park hub that I can go to. And I'm not posting any of it. I don't want to like blow an idea out. I don't want the surprise to be blown. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to like go to PT every day and I'm strictly focused on this one trick. And so I started doing that. And then one of the trips we went up there and I tried it for like a couple hours and couldn't get it. I think my, I think I was sore or something. I was just being a bitch. And then uh, we went skating other shit. It was like me, Tori and Dan started skating other shit. And then the great ledge, the recycled plastic, like trick up ledge drop. And then Tori wanted to go to the curve bench. So we went to the curve bench. Tori did some crazy ass trick on it and was going to do it again. Dan's looking in the footage or at the camera and then before you know it he's getting like jumped and then there's like pistol he gets like pistol whipped and um, they take his camera and with all of that happening like I'm standing over by the sign Tori's like over there um, Dylan Whitkin is back here and it's just like what the fuck is happening like this kid's running this way cocking a gun I have it's like tunnel vision. It's like, what do I do right now? Do I like chuck my board? Do I like, try to fucking brush them? Like what the fuck do I do right now? And if I would have made any move, there was another dude behind me with a gun. So, you know, like shit could have went so sour. Uh-huh. And I mean, it did go pretty sour, but it could have been like, there could have been casualties, you know? So yeah, we're on the phone with the police and this elder man comes up with an ID or a um, license plate number. And he says, I saw the whole thing happen. Here's their license plate number. We're talking to the cops. We exchange the license plate number with them. They, they get the kids in like five minutes. found out that the kids earlier that day, like beat a woman up, robbed her for her purse, um, stole the car that they were in. And then they got to us. And what's crazy is when they got to us, the next step for them was like, kill someone, you know? Because as they were running with the camera, one of the kids is like, you should have put one in them. And it's like, you know, that's when it was like, fuck, like any single move that would have happened outside of like Dan's um, confrontation, there would have been bullets, you know, he would have got shot. Like one of us probably would have got shot. You better leave this shit in here. Don't be t- this is negative or not. This is life. Pretty fucking crazy. But like, Tony had our back and like put us in a hotel. Dan was getting taken care of. And then, um, did Dan get fucked up, up? He got fucked up. He had like a fractured skull. Oh. Um, it was like bleeding on the back. And like, so he was in the hospital for the night. And uh, the next day, obviously, we're all like ptsd you know? Like we're all on edge jittery. Like we're fucked. Mm. Um, we drive, I pick him up and I was just like, we're going to take the longest way home possible for visual stimmies just to appreciate life. You know? Mm. So we, we took the long way home. We like, big sir. We went to big sir. Like we parked Hi. in the middle of a road that was pitch black and all you can see is like the stars, like the Milky way. And like, like it was beautiful, you know? And we just like, turned it into like a 12 hour drive home and just was like hang out at a spot for a couple hours and just like enjoy the scenery and like soak it up like calm, calmness, you know? Yeah. Finally got home and then I think it was like six, seven, eight were the last or six and seven were the last trips to do the tray flip nose blunt. And I just got even more obsessive. I was watching video part after video part to see like how they landed, where they rode off how the hubba works like, and then doing like a ridiculous amount of tray foot nose blunts on hubbas, like literally going to PT, driving as far or wherever the skate park hub is that I want to try to like get it on doing it, like skating flat ground, doing it like five plus times on the hubba, then doing it on the big hubba and then driving home doing PT stretching, like diets changed next day, same deal, next spot, next hubba. And then the next time we went up there, I think we gave it a few weeks. Dan like felt better. He seriously was down, do it again. And we went up there, we flew up there, rented a car. Um, I tried it. I landed on seven of them oh. did not right away. Flew home. And then the last time was, like, I am going to know how to do this trick, like, the back of my hand, and there will be no flying back with nothing because we're driving there. We're going to fucking drive there. I'm going to bring friends because I didn't have friends the last few times. I'm going to bring music. I'm going to fucking make it, like, comfortable, and I'm going to know how to do this, and we're going to do this. And I drove there, got a hotel, spent the night, Woke up the next day. Tori and Bragg flew in. Um, Tansoni drove up with me. Um, I went and um, let's see, who did I pick up? So I picked up Bragg. Tori Uber to Clipper. We had a breakfast. It was it was like raining, like real, like dewy in the morning. And then that's when it was like Katie litter. Fucking, we got a broom. We set up the wood. I had music playing, the sun came out briefly enough to just dry the zone up. Mm. I skated flat ground for an hour and I think in the like, first five tries I stuck the first one. And I was like, I'm fucking doing this. You know, I could see you doing this. But then I had dug so deep into like the memories of just like childhood and like family and like things to be appreciative of and like just kind of went into like a dark place Knowing that, like, when I got to Clipper, I was going to put myself in this dark place in order to know, like, no matter what, I'm leaving with this or I'm getting fucking so smoked that I can't physically walk out of here. Mm. And I was just like, I'm fucking doing this, this trip. And um, in between tries, like, a song would come on and I'd be, like, in a memory of, like, family or something. I would fully have to wipe a tear. And then I would drop in, try the trick stick it, not make it go back up, gather myself. Like there was moments where I had to be like, you're trying something. You can't get like overly emotional because it's going to affect your next try. Just like, keep this, like that anxious feeling of like, like, you know, when you get sad, you get like that anxious feeling, like you'll feel like your chest pulsating. Yeah. Like I had that feeling the whole time. And I just maintained that feeling Every fucking try. And I would seriously have to like wipe a tear, try it, fucking stick it, go back up, wipe a tear, like get close. I think I stuck seven and on the seventh one, I landed it and it, it took like an hour. But I remember when I was riding away, I just like felt all this weight fly out of my fingertips and I just rolled all the way to the wall. Didn't even have to push once. Like landed and just rode all the way to the end, and one tear fell down my cheek. Not even joking, just one fucking tear just <laughs> rode down my cheek, and then I had a panic attack and I couldn't breathe properly for like thirty minutes. No way. <laughs> just like from fester, like from bringing from up release? all emotion, uh-huh. it was just like I couldn't talk properly. Like I, I like was gasping for air, you know,
1: dude. Like, one, yeah. one, qu- one question comes to mind when you're doing this, and this is way out of my element. So, excuse me if there's a dumb question or not. But, do you ever just go there and nose blunt it? No. Just to like yeah. do a nose blunt and feel the coming off and rolling away, or would that not help?
4: Like it in my mind, I'm like,
1: I nose blunt it and then I tray flip nose blunt it.
3: Yeah. Like in my head, I'm like, all right. Or is
1: that just a waste of your energy? Like this could be the one I made and I blew it by not trade flipping into it.
3: That's how I think. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, if I'm going to if I'm going to try this trick for I don't know, it's probably like forty hours, you know, like adding all the trips up. And it was probably like a few grand of money to like make this trick happen. Like, I know for a fact I can nose blunt it. You um, know, I know like I can probably nose blunt it, like, first rip and be like, cool. But the difference is I'm not three flipping in into it. So mm-hmm. it's like me nose blunting it, it's not going to do any anything for me other than just like piss me off when I stick it and knowing like I just nose blunted it, you know?
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Like, 50 50ing it, it's harder than probably nose blunting it. Cause it's so rounded, it's you know. Round, yep. So like, I would skate flat ground. I would do kick flips to front heels. So I'd do kick flip, nollie flip, fake flip, switch flip, all of them to front heels and back heels. I would go up there. I would fifty it twice, and then just fucking hail mary, you know. I would just chuck them out there and just like see what happens. But the day that I did it and the the trip prior, I had already done probably over a hundred of them. And like knew, like I knew it, I knew how it felt. And I was like, all right, flat ground routine, 50 at once, like change it up, have music playing. Your, your fucking closest dogs are there. Like you got a support system. Like you, this is things that you've been missing, you know? Mm -hmm. And with that, I also like channeled this new tool that like, In when in a situation when I need it, I can use it, which is like bringing out those emotions and like being able to like react physically on them rather than just like crying. You know, I can use them because that's what I've done my whole life is I've used the sadness and like emotion from my childhood and applied it to something positive.
2: Right. You know,
3: so I was able to find that in Colorado recently when I was out there filming, uh, um, filming a trip before the tray flip nose blunt I had to use that again and then using that I realized like I need that for Clipper and um, so I knew I knew I was going to get insanely close or just do it I was confident enough to know like I can do it because of how many I've done
2: uh-huh. and how
3: like easy it had become because i would do like when i first started doing them i would do one every 20 tries and then i was like all right and that's on like a tiny hubba like that's like a curb down like a three stair you know Mm -hmm. and then it was like all right let's try to do five of them and then try to do five in a row and it was like, I would do like two or three and I would try it for like an hour or two. And then, all right, well, let's try to do one and under 10 tries. And then I would get one in like seven tries. And then I was like, all right, let's try to do one and under five tries. And then I would do it in like three tries. And then it was like, next time, first try. And then the next time I could do like four in a row. And then I started doing them on different hubba's, And then it was just like, all right, I'm fucking doing this. And that was the that was the day, you know, where it was just like I did flat ground 50 at once. First one I tried, I got in and I slid and I was just like, all right, we're going to fucking do this. Still took an hour. I stuck the fifth one I tried and like, yeah. And then it just like got dark. I don't think I talked to anyone for like an hour of that whole trying. You know, I was just like so tuned with like my emotion that I was like, I'm doing this.
1: Do you think you're ever going to be that committed to another trick?
3: Yeah. Because really? after I landed that, I was like, should I do it again? <laughs> you know? And like, I had another weekend to film. Huh. And I tried to like tray flip over like this 23 stair rail into a bank. Oh, and I, I had been there probably like five times. And I didn't do it. But as soon as I was done with that day, I was like, part is done. I sat down with my friend, Jordan, who wrote the song and we just exchanged ideas. I told him about my life. I told him about like the metronome and the heart rate and like all this stuff that I wanted to like involve. And like, he's a skateboarder as well. So like he knows that feeling of seeing that video part that you saw when you were a child and you got Uh, the spark. Yeah. I was like, I want that. I want this generation to feel what I felt when I started skating because it's so oversaturated that I feel like that feeling doesn't exist as much as it did when I was growing up. You didn't have no. to wait 5 years for a video to come out and then like you get to like feed off that energy from the video, the way it was edited, the song they used, like, you know, like you actually <laughs> felt like you were there when you watched the video.
1: Right. No, 100%. Yeah. Wow, So dude. he did the
3: video part or he made the song and then he did the piano intro I was like real fixated on the, uh, the organ for some reason. Mm-hmm. I wanted like, I wanted like those emotional instruments, like, um, like a harp or like a piano. And he knows how to play every instrument. And then it was just like, here's a few songs. Here's like how I see it. Um, I had like rough drafts that I had made on my iMovie with like 16 millimeter footage that I pulled off Google and like screen recorded and like pre-edited my part to like see what it would look like. And like, I had a vision, I had an idea and Dan executed it so well, you know, like he did such a great job and like Jordan's music, his voice, like it's very Elliot Smith, like, Mm. and it's just like, it's beautiful. It's like, I confidently can say like the only project I've ever done that I'm like proud of, you know?
2: and i've had hands-on
3: i've never had like full control over it
1: do you th- do you think that the sobriety had part of you having this intensive focus or do you th- was it have you always had this kind of focus towards projects and stuff like you you seem like you're really intensively deep into it
3: i have but like not partying and like sobering up like I would all, and I always, I pictured it this way, or I thought about it this way. It's like I would go probably like sixty percent in, and I would have like the momentum to do a hundred percent. But I would party, and like the progress I would make, I would have to hurdle a barrier to make this progress again, which mm-hmm. was realistically me just making prior progress. Mm-hmm. So like going sober, I had the idea. I would make progress, and then I could go off more progress and more progress, and it fully helped me make this. Like it fully helped me go like above and beyond, like over a hundred percent in on the project, you know.
1: Yeah, it came like, out great. Yeah, Dan Stolling, by the way, is the Dan he speaks of that uh, edited the part and uh, films a lot of it. I'm I'm sure. It, yeah. <clears throat> Well, um, we gotta wind down, but uh, I gotta hear the best fucking Sheckler story like the best trip you've ever been wind and dined on the Red Bull card or wherever you were. <laughs> like where's the fucking We're in Dubai and you aren't gonna believe this shit man like, oh my. like
3: um shit. Let's see. So we did a Costa Rica trip and it was for the Sheckler Foundation. So uh-huh. it's, like, we're a good cause, and it was, like, Red Bull sponsored it. We built a skate park, or we contributed to building a skate park in a very low-income area. And with that, like, we celebrate, you know? So, like, Sheckler gives me the black card, and we g- I go grab us some drinks, and then, like, we just rage, and our hotel's a casino, and then, like, I'm gambling. And I um leave my card in the ATM too long, and it sucks it up. And he gives me money to, like, gamble and enjoy the rest of my trip. And I was just like, this is fucking insane, you know? Like, the dude is seriously, like, he's one of my best friends.
0: Love that guy like a brother. I'd give him a kidney needed it. Like,
3: he seriously, like, wants everyone to have a great time. He wants no one to have any jam ups. Like, he's going to go above and beyond to make sure that his squad and who he's with and his friends especially are taken care of. And he is one of the sweetest fucking dudes ever. Like right. hands down, like he's as genuine as they come, you know, like he's yes. just like, and he's sober too. He's actually coming up on like, I think he is on like three years or something like that. Damn. But like, I was
1: going to say, the bros, like all of the bros are fucking, Julian's been a little while, right?
3: Yeah, he's like four years. Leo, I think is a couple years. Dakota's a few years. Damn. John Dixon, you know?
1: Yeah, Dixon's been for a minute.
3: The thing is, is like, I've always been taught, like, if someone helps you, you help them. And if you don't help them, you help someone else. And you just kind of keep passing it along, you know? And mm-hmm. it's not out of to gain anything. It's out of pure genuinely to just fucking give back and just pass it on, you know? Like, maybe him doing that, like, when I was in, like, a dark place, just, like, was, like, a reassurance and it was just, like, in a a plan of some sort to just, like, keep me in line, you know? But. Damn. I definitely always overthought things and, like, dissected things and Um, that was like one trip, you know, but it was like, damn, if I could actually do that for one of my bros on a trip, I would do it a hundred percent. You know, like my friend's trying to have a good time and his fucking card gets eaten by the ATM. Like, (laughs) Hey, I got you. You know, you're going to have fun. We're here on a trip. Yeah. No damn ups. This is a no stress zone. You figure this shit out when you leave here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what's up with the tights? Are, Are they still around? Yeah, we regrouped. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the tights are back. We just did two Denver trips. Like, af- like I was saying, I got sidetracked, but after that last weekend of filming for my video part, yeah, the next day I drove to Denver to film for the 25 year anniversary 303 video, right? Which is like the next part that I've been working on.
1: Okay, we're gonna see an Angel Ramirez Crayle in there. There will be some <laughs> Angel Ramirez footage. Yes. <laughs>
3: But that's like where I went. I went straight to Denver after the project and started filming for 303 video. That I think it comes out this year, so sick. Um but with that, um Leo, Dakota, and Julian came out with me. And then that I was there for a month. They came out for the last two weeks. And then um, just recently we did trip number two. Went out to Denver, filmed that the tights are back.
1: I saw we the all. Instagram clip, man. It was fucking going off. Nolly heels over huge shit and stuff. Yeah. I was like, these guys ain't playing, man.
2: Yeah. So high the
1: part elevation, came out. high maneuvers. <laughs>
3: yeah. So the part came out, and obviously, it's like reinventing yourself. Like, any kid that grew up watching me from Colorado is, like, as old as I am. Or, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's a new generation. I wanted to highlight that I am from Colorado. This is where it all began for me.
2: Mm-hmm. And I want
3: to just be a glimpse of hope for any other kid from Colorado or any Midwest, like, you know, center of the United States that wants it to be, wants to like pursue something, whether it's skating, art, music, whatever.
4: Mm-hmm. And I just
3: wanted to like highlight that and rebuild the Colorado skate scene to bring that hype back. Mm-hmm. So on the second trip, um, kids have seen my video part. People know who Leo, Dakota, and Julian are. And we made a demo happen with 303. And we also set up a concert with Leo and then Marissa Del Santos. No way. It was like a full thing. It was like, come to Arvada skate park. We're going to do a skate with us. You hang out. We fucking skate the park. And then after this, if you weren't able to make it and you're 21 and over, we're going to this bar. Marissa Del Santos and Leo Romero are
1: playing a set. Is Marissa living in Denver now? Marissa lives in Denver, yeah. Oh, sick. Is she skating still? She's shredding, yeah. She's she's, shredding.
3: She's she's in like a a, few bands. She just fucking slaps the bass and fucking rips.
1: I got to hit her up. She's right. Yeah,
3: Yeah, ladies is one of her bands. They fucking rip.
1: It's amazing. I know you're in tune with it to see all the lady rippers. Like, I talked to the girls, like Lizzie and stuff, and it's like, I've known them for years, and so seeing, like, it go from a small group to a bigger group to, like, everybody almost now, it's pretty rad, like, to see, like, holy shit.
3: The level is fucked. Like, I I was just at Street League in Utah, and, like, girls are front-blending the big rail, you know? Like, front-crooking it, like, switch-flipping shit, and just, like... And they're like 13.
1: Yeah. That well, girl from Brazil, that little girl is so gnarly. <laughs> like, she's so sick. Uh, and
3: just like, I've always been infatuated with the stories, you know? I really like tacos. The years, the couple of years that I've been sober, like, obviously I would have those nights of just like Coke talk where you're just like talking people's ears off. Yeah. But it would always just be like my friend. I would just be talking his ear off. And I was always just like, I want to be a glimpse of hope. I want to be a glimpse of hope. I just want someone to know how I grew up, where I came from, the amount of work I put into the, like skating. And like, I would do it without sponsors. I would do it the same way I did in the beginning because I absolutely love it. And it's so positive, And it like got me out of what I could have been in and like watching her skate and knowing like the background of like her story and like where she's from. And like, it's fucking beautiful, you know? Yeah. And she's seriously inspiring so many, so many young wit like girls that are just like, maybe don't think like skating's like a girl sport, you know?
2: Right. But it's
3: like, you know, like Alyssa was definitely like the foundation of it. And then just like, you know, now you got these girls that are just like fucking shit up and they're <laughs> so young and they're positive and they're just like inspiring so many kids and like, I have nothing but respect for that because that's the goal is to like inspire a generation to do better than the last generation to inspire the next generation.
1: Yeah. What I think too, I always say is that they continually make everything they're doing look fun. Like yeah. they're having a fucking blast doing it. And that's what skateboard's supposed to be like. I mean, you have your mental tortures for your tricks and stuff, but like at the yeah. end of the day, it's about smiling and having a blast. And they're, they're doing yep. that. Like they're having fun and and it really shows. So I, I, I get hyped on that. Uh, who are our top picks for Sodi this year?
3: I mean, obviously you have Yuto. Yuto. And then uh, Felipe, like very groundbreaking, like inspiring. Like
1: I'm thinking it might be the year of my friend, Evan Smith. Evan Smith. Yeah. I don't know. He's always a runner up. I feel like he's skater of the decade right now. Like he's top three the last five years. Yeah.
3: No, he's always been, always been my vote, you know?
1: Yeah. But Utah is next level. It's too. Utah is fucking dope.
3: Yeah. I mean, Evan is the homie, you know, Uh like they're all friends. We all know each other, but we don't, you know? Right. It's just like the skate world. We know of each other, but we don't really know. Like, I know, I know Evan. You know, I know how much hard work he does, and like
1: that Bay Bridge cover (laughs) is so fucking radical.
3: That's legendary. Yeah. That's historical.
1: Yeah. And then the
3: frontside flip wall ride, like
1: fuck, that's the shit that we live for. I know, dude. I love Evan. Well, it'll be interesting because there's still more parts to drop. Like pretty soon, it becomes like. Tyshawn, this guy, that guy, every day it's like the gnarliest thing. I mean, Desenzo had an insane part earlier this year too. I've seen some new Foy footage. So. I mean, David Reyes has got to be in the conversation, you know? Shut out.
3: Let's let's. I would. It. I would love to be a runner-up for sure. You know,
1: Yeah. it's going to um, be interesting.
3: But I haven't had a cover, and I think that kind of goes with it, unless the mm. the old ways doesn't apply anymore. But I've always seen it as. He's had a cover. He had an early video part. He had an interview, you know? And like, I have like one of those things checked. So I'm just like, can I squeeze it in? Is it possible? Like you never know. you know.
1: Time to call burn dog. What's the next issue looking like? I think I might (laughs) have a front for you.
3: (laughs) I need, um,
1: I'll send you some photos. <laughs> well, shit, dude. I could talk to you forever. I fucking love you. Hey, this shirt was given to me by you. so yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what your feelings are. If I do a collab, do I do Schmidt's it or it's Schmidt? Damn. It's Schmidt is pretty fucking sick. <laughs> but they're
3: both so good. Schmidt's
1: it. I think that that's Schmitting. Uh, what's your favorite one? You like the the mint? one or which one do you go with
3: i'm like a diva i like the pumpkin one the
1: pumpkin one that pumpkin. one's seasonal
3: yeah i like the pumpkin one strawberry
1: Strawberries. those are new those are new to the circuit
3: and i always then, like the cappuccino
1: the- one a lot cappuccino
3: is my next one cappuccinos they're all so fucking good the mint bomb
1: and then i was gonna ask you what was the name of those things that uh like you and Leo, I would meet you guys at the mall to, at some fucking restaurant that like you had, like they were a baked cookie. Is it a snickerdoodle or something? I forget what it's called. Um,
2: it's the, in the uh...
1: city by the, uh, in the mall. It's in like some brewery restaurant and they bring them out in a hot pan and it's a huge cookie with like, Oh,
3: Pazuki,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, it comes in a skillet. <laughs> yeah,
1: that thing is bomb.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like a cast iron with a cookie that's probably like an inch deep. Uh, with like four scoops of vanilla ice cream. Whoa, slow it down. It is fucked.
1: I've been back in, I got married and the day I stopped. Uh, so January 1st, I was like, I got to stop eating ice cream. So I didn't eat ice cream the entire year. The day after I got married, I had French toast and have had a pint of Ben and Jerry's every day since.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that real? I'm so stoked for you, man. Through all of like the shit that's gone down this year, you managed to make
1: your oh, wedding. I know it wasn't easy, but we we've pulled it in the end. We just we kind of had your that same mentality as you. Like the last flight, it's like no, no matter who's there, no matter wh- what, we're doing it there's so many distractions that like come with it. Like, Oh, is this person going to make it like, what about this? How many people, this, that, this. And then like, finally at one point we looked at each other and we're like, no, just me and you, whatever else. Who cares?
3: That's what matters. You know? Like, yeah. And
1: it ended up being amazing. It was a great day.
3: Oh, I'm so proud of you guys. I'm So stoked. Yeah. because like at the end of the day, it's like, you guys you know you guys right. met each other you fell for each other like this is for you you know yes. this is not you don't have to wait on anyone right obviously that's like the dream where it's like huge wedding blah 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 yeah i was so stoked when uh i saw it happening i was like yes yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah me too it was it, it was a similar thing to you saying like The like, as it was happening, I just felt these things coming out of my fingertips and like, just like the tension and everything. It was this release where you're like, and my mouth just couldn't stop smiling. It was like, I was on ecstasy or something. That is
2: so awesome, dude.
1: Yeah. When we were looking at each other, we, we promised each other. We're like, no matter what, we're just going to look at each other and smile the whole time. And and it was like impossible not to. So it was really cool.
3: Oh, fucking
1: so sick dude yeah was Copenhagen good
3: Copenhagen was in fucking incredible. yeah like it was so nice to see people laughing and hanging out and just like cheersing beers and smoking a thousand cigarettes and just fucking skating and if you weren't skating you were just like hanging out like having a great fucking time like um, I was. I went to like some five star restaurant, ate like a baller ass dish, like yes. in the gutter. You know, like things that you don't get in the states, and it's just like, why is everyone so uptight? You know,
1: uh-huh. coping like, the
3: past it, it was just like, I'm getting served in the gutter. I'm like <laughs> fucking smoking cigarettes, like. But it was just like everyone was so happy,
1: uh-huh.
3: and it was just a beautiful thing, you know. And then like all the side missions and the transportation and the women and the food and like, it was fucked, man. It was absolutely incredible. It was like, all right, I think we're all going to be okay.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm feeling too. We gotta yeah. be, we're all going to be okay. Let's fucking just be okay.
3: Let's just be okay. You know? Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, Quick one. Shout out to like any of your sponsors that you want to mention. And then uh, we always end with a song that you want to fucking throw on the old jukebox. Hey,
3: well, first and foremost, 303. Shout out. Got to thank Sam Schumann for like always having my back and holding down the Colorado skate scene. And, you know, giving like a child as myself. An opportunity to really be like an individual and feel accepted, and then obviously fucking.
1: I, I need a three oh three sticker from my skate shop wall. By the way,
3: yeah, I'll get you a box. I'll get, we'll get you a box out. Okay, we'll some shirts, some stickers. They actually just did like a shorties knockoff, which is pretty sick. Oh rad! Yeah, um, and then obviously like fucking. Mickey Reyes for Shout putting out. me on, like, Spitfire and Thunder, you know, Nate Alton. And Shout out. Fucking Jim Sebo. Shout out. Alden. <laughs> Shout out. Tory Pudwell. Like, Shout everyone out. Everyone that's been at, like, Foundation and Tomietto. Like, Shout out. Day One, Shout out. Fucking my mom. Shout out. My friends. And a beautiful day. You know, Liquid Death. Shout yes. out. Yes.
1: What about this?
3: Happy Hour.
4: Shout out.
1: Yep. We're putting this on right now, actually. I forgot. Yes.
3: We got Bones Bearing, Bones Swiss. Shout out. Diamond.
2: Shout out.
3: It's just crazy knowing that Deluxe has supported me just about as long as 303
1: has. Wow.
3: You know? So every time I order a box, I'm expecting it to be my last. but it's just it just isn't it's Lifer. just they've, they've supported me for my whole fucking existence and i wouldn't want to skate for anything other than spitfire and thunder
1: spitfire's the best
3: spitfire is the fucking best Thunder's the best the whole deluxe family the fucking best yeah yeah just so hyped i feel like i'm a part of the skate world again you know the the video part the uh amount of support i've gotten from everyone outside of it like yeah i couldn't be more grateful
1: yeah you seem like you're in a really good place i'm stoked for you
3: thank you Mm -hmm. yeah i think sobering up is probably a really solid idea you know
1: that's what happens we don't have any regrets but we like to live in the in the now and right now it's not a good time to be fucking up (laughs) it's true And it was
3: just like one of those things where it was like, it had to happen and it's unfortunate the circumstances, but it's still like, that's life, you know? Yeah. You get put in these tests where it's like, do you want to like go the negative route in this situation and just like drink your sorrows away? Or do you want to use this as a positive and like be the man or Mm -hmm. the woman? You know, like, do you want to take charge and like control your life and like, you know, well,
1: yeah. what's, what's the jam that we fucking need to listen to to get us in the right zone?
3: Um, uh, let's see. What's that song? It's like the fun is just because you know that song. Yeah, it's like the first song that popped in my head and I don't even know who sings it. I've been listening to Miley Cyrus and like Billie Eilish.
1: Oh, yeah. Have you seen the Billie Eilish uh, documentary? I did. I want to see it. I heard it's pretty heavy.
3: It is. It's great. That was like one of the things I used to do, like when I was partying, like towards the end of my, my fucking rampage, I would watch interviews of like Beyonce, Jay-Z and like older interviews with like the greats, you know, like what makes these people so great. And it was like their work ethic, like the amount of hours they put into something passionate that they're passionate about. And then like, you watch the Billie Eilish documentary and you're just like family oriented, like absolutely insane. Like the, the amount of love that they have for each other. And like, so huh? I I, like, I really appreciate the story part of like how they come up, you know?
1: Well, we love that shit. Me and uh, my wife have watched, I think it's 96 documentaries during the uh, lockdown era. Yeah, it was like that was what we got into. I mean, I'm, you know, I hate to say it, but I think it's clear I have an addictive personality. Like when I go into something, I just go like full bore. And that's why sometimes it's either yes or no. Like I can't do like in between. So we went documentaries and it was like every night, like, which one are we going to watch? And we would write this huge list and check them off. And it was really fun. So that's one I haven't seen yet, though. I want to check it.
3: That one's great. See, I I like that. Like, I like the, I want to see their personality, you know? I want to see them, like, talk shit to the reporter and just be like, this motherfucker doesn't know shit, and they're just trying to, like, get some weird information out of me. You know what I mean? Like, I like to see, I like to watch that shit. I'm just like, fuck yeah. These guys just want to, like, drink beer, make music, and get fucked up, (laughs)
1: I think this song is the Carpenters. We've only just begun.
3: Mm. That's it.
1: I found it.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, dude, good luck with fucking um, that Red Bull contest. Hopefully you win. Get some Skrilla. Some Skrilla. The only thing I know about Red Bull is when you put it into a pint glass and drop a shot of Jaeger into it. It's uh, goodbye time. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what happens after this.
3: Yeah. Hasta la vista, baby. baby. If I can see you later. You are ready.
1: The old Jaeger bomb. That's how we started our when we were partying at the end. That's how we would start our parties was like, okay, we'd meet at the bar, you get a beer and a Jaeger bomb, do the Jaeger bomb, and go, let's go. Yep. Like, fuck, no wonder my stomach's a wreck. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> It's fucking crazy. I don't think I can do it anymore, you know?
1: No, I know I can't. That's why I (laughs) stopped.
3: Like, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. The amount of energy put into keeping the night going.
1: And the amount of
3: money, sleep deprivation. Like, I already don't sleep much. So, it's like, Yeah. I really didn't sleep then.
1: Well, you're my morning, bro, dude. If you ever fucking scrambling, running, bouncing off the walls, you know, just text or call me because I'm up at six. Like, I'm Fuck up yeah. every, I'm an early guy now. I think yep. it has something to do with getting older, but it's probably like not drinking too. Like I used to sleep in a lot with the hangovers and stuff. And yeah. I'm just up and ready to go when I'm up.
2: See, that's the beauty,
3: though. It's like you wake up with the day. Yeah. You live out the day and you get to watch the sunset. You know, it's like...
1: I love it. I never thought I would thing. love being a morning guy, but I like acclimating the life. Like, you're up before everyone, so you can just spend all your time right then with yourself. And then yep. as people wake up and things start going, you acclimate into this daily routine.
2: Yeah. That's
3: what, like, one of the things in the beginning is, like, I would wake up at, like, 4.30 in the morning. Mm. Because I was just like... <sighs> I'm going to just go with how my body feels. I'm well rested. It wants right. to be up at 4:30 in the morning. I would shower. I would do like yoga and I would like start working on an art project, you know? Uh. And then it would just be like, all right, now it's seven o'clock and I've done literally everything that I would have to do in the morning. So then it's like, how do I feel these slots? It's like, I'll just start going on gnarly bike rides. Mm. and then It's like, 12 o'clock i still have a whole fucking day what do i do now you know it's
1: like... <laughs> fuck. it's yeah it's a curse in some ways it's a blessing and it's a curse you're like fuck i can't sleep you just but have
3: I... to stay busy
1: yeah for sure
3: and just hone a craft and exercise and like just feel good mm. we're so lucky that we get to like wake up every morning you know We're we're just so stoked that we woke up today, you know. We get to just experience like a beautiful day, have that cup of coffee, and wear the it's it shirt, you know. Like we get to fucking, we get to do this. We get to talk, be friends, and like experience beautiful things. It's a beautiful thing, you know.
1: I'll tell you what's beautiful right now is the sun burst coming right into your head as you're driving down the highway.
4: That's a beautiful
1: thing. And I can't wait to fucking be IRL as the kids say in real life with the fucking it's it salute for sure. Get to SF or we might be coming down your way too. Actually. Are you still in Long Beach? I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got to skate Lizzie's ramp and I got to get to San Diego. So I'm trying to figure it out. But uh, if I do, I'll hit you up for sure. Yep. Let's do this.
3: Let's get some fucking dinner some
1: slash grinds and fucking hugs. Yeah, all
3: right. High fives and hugs.
1: All right, well, let's uh, let Karen Carpenter take us out of here. Yes. Big love, man. I'll talk to you soon.
2: Love you, brother.
1: Thank you, Dave.
2: We've only just begun to live white lace and promises a kiss for luck and we're all...
0: Yeah. place where there's room to
2: grow. And yes, we've just begun.